You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Welcome to Soul, Silence, and Sound. This is Suzanne Toro, and this segment is brought to you by Be Simply. We are diving in today to emotional capacity and psycho-spiritual healing and transformation. And we are at this really exciting time here on planet Earth. The new moon ushered in another layer of veils dropping in and around us. So those... uh, truths that everyone's been seeking will be exposed through exposing what is and what is not. And so during this phase of our inner and outer transformation and evolution, we're at a point where emotional capacity needs to be weighed in every single moment with yourself and others. The reason for this is as a whole society humanity is learning how to heal and we're coming to a crescendo with our lineage and our ancestral healing and depending how one has handled your emotions your past actions your present actions and the actions of others as they were Uh, relating to you will give you a wide variety of things that might be unfolding in and around you. And as we've talked about karma in the past, cause and effect, all that you can be responsible for is you and how you show up. So this is that opportunity to look at your emotional capacity, uh, where you can Come to a still point so that you can be present with others and observe and then determine where you're best to engage. In addition, it's important to look at your emotional capacity as to where you are destined to do some inner work. And it's easy to pontificate about many things or feel that you understand things in your mind but really until we are ready to drop in you know on that wave do we know how we're really going to show up and so part of our existence right now is really mastering our capacity to relate to one another and how we do this is to really look in at the psycho-spiritual aspects of ourself. In Chinese medicine, this is the gateway into your healing because it encompasses uh, things that are not visible or understood in the present moment, yet they can be liberated. In addition, these same things can be liberated as you transition into the next. And for simplistic syntax, that is lightening your load, emptying your trunk or your suitcase, uh, not carrying as much or anything 
into the next. And the reason we're having such a quick quickening right now is because we are really at a point of choices and we've been making those choices for the past couple years and we'll continue to make choices and as we do our humanity is going to continue to uh, define where it wants to stand and there will be some aspects of this that falls away and I can't really fully give you a visual of what that looks like I can say that I don't feel like it's Armageddon, uh, that many of the scriptures and texts are attempting to convince you that that's going to happen, whether it's through the environment, whether it's through religious prophecy, uh, whether it's through people that uh, have been fed information on the internet, Because understand that in each and every moment, we are co-creating our future. A text that was written thousands of years ago, a little like 1,500 years ago, with the playbook, for lack of better words, uh, is just that. It leads you to a destination, yet it has always been your choice if you want to follow along. The same goes with uh, the playbook for the environment, the playbook for health and wellness, the playbook for relating to one another, the playbook for aging. All these things were scripted for us, very similar to a theatrical performance and the actors go and show up and create a story. And that's all it is. And so in the present moment, what humanity has started to catch wind of is that they have the power to back check and assess what is in the present moment and ask questions. And this is the same thing that's needed in your inner work is to assess what is, to have back checks, especially in your spiritual practice from the unseen to the seen world. Uh, believing is just a mechanism to what do one of two things. If you believe in something blindly, meaning that you didn't experience it firsthand, then you're becoming susceptible to mind control. If you know it, then you'll know it, you'll apply it, and you may get a new body of information that shifts that knowing because you have a deeper understanding of what is. And so... People all over the world are locked into certain quote-unquote beliefs based on sound bites, based on something that was written long ago, many things that were written long ago. And right now, we're getting to see what is. And so where that brings emotional capacity into this entire conversation is that with emotional capacity, emotional maturity, you are able to show up and rock steady. And the difference is, and I did a segment not too long ago on emotional intelligence and these pair really well together. And that emotional capacity means that 
those you choose to relate to, including yourself, you determine what the capacity is. And the reality is that lowest common denominator will always be because you can't come in and teach a class, let's say to the most intelligent student in the class teacher might choose not to teach it to the least intelligent student in the class. It might go in the middle, but you'll lose both ends of the spectrum. And so if you're not in a group setting and have to make those decisions, when you're one-on-one or in a small situation, interpersonal with yourself, with others, with your family unit, really understanding where everyone's at is super helpful. And this is going to be necessary as we usher in this new era, which will take some space. (laughs) It's not going to happen overnight because we all have quite a bit of inner work and balancing to do. And so where the psycho-spiritual aspect comes into this is that the practice is not only with being responsible with your emotions as they relate to the mind and as they relate to the physical body, but as it relates to your spiritual practice. Because no matter what faith, no matter what practices you have uh, or lack thereof, there's something uh, intrinsically similar and it's an abiding calm that you approach those spaces, you approach those temples, the sweat lodge, the kiva, you approach the synagogue, the temple in an abiding calm. And so it's it's actually would be odd if someone came into those spaces, except some I, can, I know of that have a very celebratory way of practicing their faith, which is fantastic. Uh, But when you go into those spaces, there's just an abiding calm. There's a reverence. And that space allows one to commune a little bit deeper with the soul. It also allows one to uh, reflect and observe in those spaces. And when we're in that, we create that space, then we have the ability to do the psycho-spiritual work because it's not the emotion it's not the reactivity that is just a clue it's like oh i'm angry oh i'm mad oh i'm happy oh i'm sad that's a indicator of what's going on and then it's the opportunity to dive in deeper as i mentioned in the other segment to dive in and see what's below And so when we couple our spiritual practice with our capacity to meet people with our emotions, they start to elevate and they start to refine and things become a lot more calm. So oftentimes when I uh, work with my clients and I notice they've never had emotions or they only are locked into good vibrations only. Uh, They won't look at any emotions. They don't want to have those emotions. We stop and go through a process opening up that heart center so they can feel what it feels like in their body to have all the emotions and then learn how to process the emotions 
and then learn how to regulate the emotions so that they can be flowing in their life and not obstructing themselves in their life. And so currently we have on two ends of the spectrum, uh, one would be in that you're hearing a lot about the narcissistic, narcissistic and NPD, sociopath and psychopath that want to control the emotional centers. That comes through mind control and then in interpersonal relationships that comes through a lot of emotional manipulation, allowing, not allowing, uh, emotional dysregulation, uh, ghosting, gaslighting, all these things become manipulative. And we see them interpersonal to the macro in mainstream media. We see it in uh, even social media. We see it in all the disciplines that are on the planet right now because those mechanisms have led us to here. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have uh, a lot of humanity dysregulated with their emotions because they've been held captive to the puppeteer as puppets. And then there's the people in the middle that maybe decided just to put themselves in a silo and not feel too much. So at large, we all have, I feel, the opportunity to enrich how we express emotions and our freedom in there and to bring awareness to them so that we can be of service to one another. And so what this looks like from the internal and the psycho-spiritual practice is, for example, let's say that you are working to balance a dysregulated heart center you might get manic, you might cry, you might suppress all those emotions and just put on a happy face. And so when we look at that, then that's where we welcome in the psycho-spiritual work. One, we want to know what's below that those behaviors. And then number two, what practices can we employ to help you see that? Meditation is a great one because you can bring yourself into the observer. Even if you can't regulate your emotions in the moment, after the fact, you can bring yourself into an observer state to see, wow, what was that from? And this is where we get into the crazy mate because you have sociopaths, psychopaths, uh, spectrums of narcissistic uh, individuals and MPD uh, running the world at large. The, the the people in charge previously in charge and then you have humanity that's been on this merry-go-round and then you have the byproducts of all the people the trickle-down effect from that meeting us in the middle so rather than being held hostage to anything this is your opportunity to come into emotional maturity with yourself and increase your capacity for yourself and others. And so what that looks like is how uh, to learn how to practice emotional regulation. This is a simple thing that can be done through breath work, through a zazen, soft gaze at a focal point. Uh, Also, this can happen through um, moving the body. And with that movement, you work out the emotions and the mind and this is super powerful in the moment especially if the affect of your emotions has gone wild 
that movement is so important, many ways to do that. And then from there, uh, there's the spiritual practice, uh, really bringing in humility and bowing down to self so that you can have a deeper understanding. For those that have been manipulated by the puppeteers, it's your opportunity to stand up in your power and say no more. I'll link in the um, uh, two things. One, the page on the Wetico, because that applies here. And then also on emotional intelligence. There will be some overlap, but it's bringing these two concepts together. So if you feel that you are exhausted from being um, on the merry-go-round with the crazy make of society, and again, this is in mainstream media, social media, we all participate because we're all at a moment's notice being potentially manipulated. And that's why getting silent and quiet is so important on a daily basis and moving your body so that you can remain clear. Uh, And then for those of you that might be listening that might fit on the end of where you have been the controller over maybe your family unit, uh, your partner, uh, your employees, society at large, and you fit into the sociopathic, psychopathic, MPD on the spectrum of narcissism, If you're hearing me and you have a sense, because what I feel is happening is some of you out there might start having a sense that you're that, but you're a little nervous about admitting that to yourself. Now, if you listen to the segments below, uh, that will start bringing awareness. And then from there, There are some things that you can start to do. Uh, It's a little bit more of a rigorous process. And you can feel free to email me and I will share with you what I would recommend. It's a a different pronged approach. Uh, Maybe that'll be another segment to get our uh, humanity well at large. And this is going to be necessary. So on both sides, when we look at emotional capacity, we're looking at these two subsets of individuals. The The puppets are, you know, on the merry-go-round and the puppeteers keep, uh, you know, putting everyone, lack of better words, on a circle jerk. And so rather than doing that, this is a very dualistic approach, is that and this is karma that we keep repeating, you know, over and over, ancestral karma over and over. And we can complain and moan about this person and that person, yet we have to get off the wheel. And so for those of you out there, more than likely the puppets are hearing me. Uh, and I say that I've been one of the puppets too, um, is that you have the opportunity to get out of the wheel. And that means that you decide, I don't want to engage with that anymore. And that takes that willingness to see like, oh, my boss is this, or my partner is this, oh, my family member is this. How am I going to navigate that? And is it possible? And so there's choices to be made. And that's where the spiritual practice is helpful, where you meditate, you pray, you ask for guidance, you listen and Listen, I mean, not for words, but 
you'll it's a knowing a direction uh just a gut feeling like oh i i got it i got it so it's ahas and so bit by bit when that happens then the people that have been trying attempting to control and manipulate people don't have anything else to do and so the best thing with that emotional capacity is remember the individuals that have been uh, pulling the strings typically the ones that I've included do not have empathy and so that's a clear indicator if someone does not have empathy you know they do not have the capacity to handle any of your emotions zero zilch they may say things like good vibrations only. They may say, I don't want to be around you if you're not in a good mood. Those are all clues that they do not have the capacity to relate to you emotionally. It doesn't make them necessarily bad. It makes them wounded. It makes them at a different place of relatability. And so as you listen to any, not to make this too much about, um, these pathologies is that then relating to them is more like they like to relate to all of us, which is transactional. And so by recognizing that there's no ability to have a healthy emotional exchange, no capacity there, then you save those emotions for yourself, meaning that if you're upset, there's no reason to share those with the puppeteer. If you're um, feeling like you need someone to process with, it's better to do that with someone that has the capacity to have this emotional exchange. No matter how tempting that feels to communicate with people that do not have the capacity to have empathy, this is the first step as an individual and as humanity to stop relating to them that way. Your energy is precious and there are plenty of people that want to be there for you, even just as a sounding board. And so as we really honor within ourselves what we have the capacity to do, if we don't know how to have emotions, reach out. I will talk to you. We can book a session or I can make some suggestions. If you don't have empathy, the same thing. Reach out. I will make some suggestions. And I really encourage for those that realize that they are more self-centered, I-centric, without empathy or concern of others. Please, it's time. Because bit by bit, all of humanity that is engaging in their emotions and learning how to have emotions and take responsibility for their emotions, you will be left behind because there will be no one else to feed off. So where I recommend each and every one of you, once you determine what your emotional capacity is, first figuring out how well do I know my emotions? Number two, how comfortable am I at expressing my emotions verbally, in writing, in uh, my thoughts? How honest am I with my emotions? Once you have an understanding, then you can ask yourself where you want to improve those emotions, where you're ready to evolve with those emotions. 
And then the fourth part of that is to start being honest with all your relations, where people have the capacity to relate to you on emotional level or not. And some some places like your job, it's you know, it's pretty much not so appropriate to bring in a really wide range of emotions because that can impact everyone. It's okay to have emotions, but to keep them. But I'm talking about your intimate relationship with yourself and others. Uh, where where are you able to exchange and really uh, refine? Because what this does is that this brings society into more of a succinct process with one another so that when one feels someone's emotions, they know what to do. And we're all learning uh, because most of society has been in dysfunction for many, many, many generations. And this is not um, anyone's fault. We co-created this and now we have to undo uh, what didn't work. And so it's not like erase, control, alt, delete and delete the program. It's like, oh, I got to take responsibility for my part, for my ancestors part and decide where I stand and how I want to relate. And so the final point of that is to bring in, and those of you that are here listening are participating in a spiritual practice because you're showing up to listen to this talk. You're also showing up to sit in silence, hopefully, and to receive sound. All of those will assist you in your journey. And then, you know, over the course of this next week, I encourage you to pay attention to observe where someone has the capacity to have emotions and the people that don't. In addition, I want to point out that there are uh, beings, individuals that may not be, you know, narcissistic, sociopaths, psychopaths, or MPD, but they might have other pathologies which uh, can limit them or create a hindrance on the way that they express their emotions. But the more that you're in tune with your capacity, you'll know how to meet those individuals and will have more compassion. And so as we go into this uh, meditation, silent meditation, I welcome you to be with two things, your heart, your emotional center that is always abiding with the divine aspect of love, whatever you want to call it, love, God, universe, source, you decide. But that's always running in and around all things. And then from there, you can see like, wow, where do I want this? Where do I historically, uh, you know, which emotion gets a little wild within me? And this doesn't have to be perceptual society, negative emotions. It can be also uh, emotions. Sometimes people use laughter uh, to, it gets too wild as a, you know, to lighten the mood or to create an interrupt in something that's potentially not appropriate at the time. It happens, but... That's that release releases tension. So it's just to notice where, or maybe someone that's always grief stricken, noticing, oh gosh, my grief is always there, or um, certain behaviors that might feel passive 
anger versus overt anger, uh, worry, anxiety, all these things that are aspects of you, joy, see where you might um, have it turned up too high or turned down too low. And just observe it, just sit with it. Like we're gonna dive into that heart and see what happens. And then the other part is to welcome your wisdom keeper, AKA your eternal being, your soul, to guide you, how to bring you back into harmony, to utilize your emotions as wayfinding devices to help you navigate life with yourself and others. And this is that powerful opportunity for each and every one of us so that we can co-create a healthier society. And so the emotions and feelings, again, will be the wayfinding device. And it will become very, very obvious as these veils continue to drop where the trickster is, AKA the sociopath, psychopath, narcissist, NPD. And I've been sitting with this a lot and I feel that we all have this lineage of what the indigenous would call the wetico, the poison on the mind, running through some aspect of our family trees from generation to generation. So by doing this, by really holding yourself accountable and transforming, you will have the capacity to really untie those karmic knots, not only for yourself, but others, and free yourself from this disharmony that has plagued our society and is ready to leave. And so the final note is that uh, when we've been held to a prisoner to certain emotions and not other or no emotions, it's a humbling experience to learn to have them. And then it's also an opportunity just to release, forgive, and move on. Uh, the one thing I would say right now is people step into their feeling, feelings and physical body and willingness to heal. Uh, there's a propensity to want to stay the victim. And I want to encourage everyone that it's time to be the student. It's time to learn how to function completely in your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual body so that you can reach a new level of mastery. And for each person, it's going to be different. This isn't about uh, necessarily your enlightenment. This is about being the best human being that you can be, no matter what your role is in this society and the future ones. So as we dive into the silent meditation, I'm going to welcome you to come up to an upright seated position. And we're going to do a little bit less than a 30 minute sit. And then we're going to go into the sound. So just gently rising up and then dropping those shoulders bound, taking a deep breath in. And exhale out. 
another one in here. And exhale. And again, inhale. And exhale. And as you gently breathe in and out, I'm just going to welcome you to follow your natural breathing pattern.
So just gently, I welcome you to just bring yourself into Shavasana, reclining completely flat on the floor or bed or sofa, and just lay with your back to that surface, palms face up, and then continue to follow your breath and receive.
Taking a soft, gentle breath in and out of your heart center. Gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more inhale and exhale. And as you continue to breathe in and out, just welcome you to gently rise up to a seated position and then gently breathing in and out again inhale and exhale another one inhale and exhale And so as you bring your gaze to a spot in front of you and your attention to my voice, just welcome you to be here a little bit longer. And I also welcome you to Take a moment to really own where you want to refine your emotional capacity. I know as a society at large, we can all practice a little bit more patience with one another, a little bit more compassion, empathy, kindness. 
And as you move forward into this next week, I encourage you just to observe where you're at. Create that pause between you and others. And then also start evaluating your relationships and really study deeply uh, what the capacity is of those you are relating to. And it's really important you find uh, friends and family that are at the same capacity so you can practice being in uh, reciprocal exchange with your emotions and feelings. And then it's beautiful to practice uh, being in service to others that can't meet you at that place. And in turn, others will do the same for you if you can't meet them in a different place. It truly is uh, a ripple. And then bit by bit, we will uh, start to shift our collective consciousness through this inner work and accountability. And then, as mentioned, when you take responsibility for your, your being and meet yourself consistently with your spiritual practice and you decide what that is, it might be outside with the sun and the trees daily, it might be in your temple or church or synagogue, it might be on your cushion or your mat wherever it might be, it might be even in your garden, wherever that might be, meet it consistently. For that will give you the wisdom, the inner knowing beyond words, how to refine, show up honestly, integrally, and emotionally in the most beautiful way you could ever imagine. Until next time, we're going to sign out with little Kadri Scott. Shine. May you all shine bright and focus in on um, all things, but also on the aspects of you that are equipped to be of service to one another. In addition, I want to thank Random Rav and Dante Marino for your contribution here. And until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart, soft gaze, a gentle smile, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply.